everybody, this is Najee Dorsey with Black Art in America coming to you for another installment of Buyer Talks. And I'm so excited about this conversation we're going to have today because it's not often that you have an opportunity to talk with the uh, child or uh, the, ch- the child of an art icon, of a legend. And today we're going to talk with Claude Lewis' son of Dr. Samela Lewis. Dr. Samela Lewis is a visual artist and pioneer in the field of art history. Among her many accomplishments are a number of gallery and uh, spaces and later uh, African-American Museum, the founder of uh, Black Art Quarterly, later become the International Review of African-American Art, an acclaimed artist uh, as well and scholar in the field. And I want to, you know, I'm sure I'm sure I'm leaving out a number of different things that can they can describe Dr. Samela Lewis, but Clyde, welcome to uh, Bio Talks, brother. How you feel today? I'm good, Najee. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure, man. You know, we've been talking about this for a minute, and I was just thinking, you know, a lot of times we talk with, you know, we talk with the artists, and you know, we want, I want, we need to do a better job, man, because there's always, you know, people that witness, you know, the lives of the artists and the people that's there to support the artists, whether they be the the, you know, siblings, the spouse of the, of, of the children, man. And, uh, you know, from our relationship, you know, and, and, and being able to offer Dr. Samela Lewis work through, you know, through the site and doing some business and getting to know you, I was like, man, I know you've got to have some stories. <laughs> right? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of memories and, um, you know, a lot of inspiration, you know, even for me as her son. Right. So, well, cool. I'm looking forward to getting into it. You know, one of the questions that I had I wanted to start off with was, you know, talk to us a little bit about, you know, growing up the child of an art icon, a child of a, of a legend like Dr. Samela Lewis. What was that like? Well, the thing is, I don't even think, you know, early on, I don't even think one really realizes that his parent is an icon. Um, because you know, I was born in Florida when she was teaching at um, Florida A&M, and um, we had to leave out of there early because of some things that were happening with segregation and Jim Crow, and, you know, both my parents were fighting for change, and, um, you know, I guess it was kind of a sticky situation, and they wanted to get me and my brother out of there, so I was young then, I really remember nothing about Florida, mm-hmm. but... I know when we moved to upstate New York, looking, and she was teaching at um, State University of New York at Plattsburgh, and looking back, and I didn't really realize it at the time, but um, I, I can remember all the people that we hung around with, and that was like an interesting community, because it was um, like, as far as I know, we were like the only black family mm-hmm. in the town at that time, so mm-hmm. it was very interesting. Um, but I just remember all of my parents' friends, when I look back, they were all creative people mm-hmm. and, you know, really great artists and, uh, educators. And at the time I didn't realize that they were special or, you know, I, I thought everyone was like that. So after that, we moved to Los Angeles and probably when I was, Around nine or ten, I started realizing how important a lot of these people were. Mm-hmm. Who, um, who are some of these people? Know, um, well, when we moved out here um, to L.A., one of the first galleries my mom was associated with was um, 
gallery called the Ankrum Gallery. And um, one of the other, her and Bernie Casey were the first two black artists to be like a part of that particular gallery. Okay. And I was about 10 years old, and I was just really getting interested in sports. So to me, someone like Bernie Casey, he was already like my hero. I didn't even know he did art. And, you know, when, when I found out she was working with Bernie Casey, that made me look at some of these people. And, um, you know, I probably when I was around 10-ish, I kind of realized that um, these were important people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, who were expressing the realities and concerns of, like, the people in their community. And, um, you know, it was during the civil rights era and black power times and all that. And so between my mom and my dad, you know, because my dad also took me to, he took me to everywhere, took me to Founders Day by the Nation of Islam. He took me to you know, Black Panther stuff, anything that was for Black progress. Mm -hmm. And and because of that, I was able to, and, and because of the works that my mom and my dad did, because my mom basically handled the art and the writing, and my dad handled a lot of business. But because of the works they were doing, and because of the times, I was really able to see how important these artists were. You know, they just weren't eccentric type individuals they mm -hmm. were um necessary people and uh, i got to be around a lot of them and um it really helped shape who i am today right and um you know a lot of interesting people so uh that those are my earliest memories you know like i said i didn't really realize the importance of what she was doing until i was probably around 10 and even then it wasn't like i I mean, I knew it within myself, you know, but I probably couldn't have expressed it at that time. Right. So, yeah, it was, there were always people around, always artists, always people visiting. I remember, like, uh, you know, Jacob Lawrence and his wife came and spent a few days with us, people like that. Elizabeth Catlett mm -hmm. would always come. You know, she felt like she was my grandmother. <laughs> right. Um, I know they were... I mean, she, she was that... It was like that, you know. Yeah, and, I, yeah. I know. Uh, I've I've heard countless stories about you know how how close you know Dr. Smella Lewis and, and Elizabeth Catlett were. You know, I mean, are there any any exchanges or anything, any memories specific that 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 you recall? She was she was so about justice and human rights. Mm -hmm. You know that she was. I feel like she was literally almost fighting a war with her with her art. Oh, yeah. And so that that's that's what I remember about Elizabeth, you know. She always stood for justice and black rights and women's rights and you know, just um I always knew the story of how she had to leave the country and how she was mistreated. Mm -hmm. You know, during the whole communist scare. Right. And uh yeah, so all that really affected me as a child. And, uh, you know, then I went to visit her when I was, um, I guess I had just got out of college. I went to visit her and her husband, um, Francisco in Mexico. Mm -hmm. They took me all around Mexico. And it was just, they were just wonderful people. But they were serious people. They were for real. They didn't play around, you know. And um, 
they weren't soft, you know, they stood up for what they believed in. Right. And um, that's what I loved about those people and, and my, my mom, you know. Right. And, um, Do you remember some of the early, some of the early, uh, you know, any early examples of when, when, when that was evident uh, as it relates to Dr. Lewis and her work or, or project she was working on or anything? Extremely meaningful. Yeah. You know. 
tried to promote black business, and they weren't necessarily great business people themselves, but they tried to promote blacks, black um, in, independence, and you know, taking care of ourselves like we used to do, even uh, even before integration. You know, I, I feel that before integration, if you look at the history. Yeah, we were running our businesses. Yeah, we were segregated, but we were running our businesses. Yeah. Once, once the whole integration thing came on, um, we kind of put all that away and just started depending on, you know, on on others. Uh, we still, you know, we still have some businesses, but it's different than it was. And I know this because you know I read about history and you look at all the stuff that happened with mm. Black Wall Street and all these black communities that were thriving on their own. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people like my mom and my dad and, and Catlett and all these people, you know, they they showed you that we have that in us. So and and the thing is they promoted black business, but I'm you know, it wasn't just like go out and buy a liquor store. Right. Or run a liquor store. It was something progressive. Yeah. That would help the people. So yeah, I guess you know. That's of course, what I'm. You know, you grew up. You grew up doing that. You know, during that time, I'm definitely a junior to 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 you. And you know the um. You know the thing. You know the thing that I love from 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 my you know reading and understanding and talking with um, a number of people that lived through that period was this whole sense of of nation building. And as you as you say, you know it's a you know, we, um, you know, we were doing business with each other. We had thriving communities, so on and so forth. And things changed when, you know, communities were, um, you know, open up for, for business, so on and so forth. And, you know, there's, I don't know, man, it's, it's, you know, I, I would love to have been back in that period to, to see, you know, that type of thriving community, you know, um, you know, to, and, and the art scene out here at the time, the black right. art scene, right. it was thriving. I mean, you had, I know my, my parents, they opened up um, a few galleries, and then, you know, you had Brockman Gallery. I don't know which one was the first, but you mm -hmm. had Brockman Gallery with Alonzo and Dale Davis mm -hmm. right in Lemert Park, which for years was like the black cultural center. I mean, actually, it's today it's actually threatened like a lot of other things you okay know? okay but at the time that was happening um i think suzanne jackson had a gallery uh i can't think of the name of it but there was there was stuff happening it was still striving yeah. yeah what period and, what period was that what what, what what decade was that in the I, 60s in the 60s mm -hmm. you know like from i'm thinking we came out here in 64 so definitely from like 60 five to 70, you know, it was thriving in maybe early seven, early seventies. Because mm. I know that's when um, we opened our first gallery. I'm saying that to say, like, when you look right now, I don't really see any galleries out here. Um, you know, there, there's a few places that some younger artists have started for mm. younger artists, but mm -hmm. there's really... I don't see any places for like the major African American artists to show unless they can get a show at the county museum or LACMA, some places like that. But, you know, you have to be kind of really big 
for that. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and the reason those people even get shows to me, uh, I attribute it to people like my parents, you know, and who were the forerunners, my mom, and oh, yeah. who were the forerunners of yeah. doing that type of thing, Palazzo Davis, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, so, but it's, it's definitely changed. Hey, Black Art in America family, this is Najee Dorsey. Thank you again for listening to another installment of Buy Your Talk. We're going to take a minute to bring you up to speed on some of the things that we've got going. If you uh, enjoy this particular program or the other programs here on Black Art in America and would like to be a patron supporter, we now have that capabilities. Visit the Patronage uh, link. You can find it in the Educational Resources tab in the navigation bar. I also want to make you aware of we're introducing BuyBlackArt.com will be a fine art listing place for artists and collectors to list works at no commissions. That's right, no commissions. So be sure to stay tuned for that. That's launching June 1st. The other thing is that if you've always wanted to start a business or you've given thought to starting a business, we now have Garden Art for the Soul. So look for the Garden Art Biz link in the nav bar. And once again, thank you for listening to this message of some of the new and exciting things happening with Black Heart in America. And we're going back to the program. Definitely um, not the same vibe. That yeah, is. No doubt. The um, Let me ask you this. You know, when... when, when, when um, which came first? Did the, did the black artists on art come before the uh, what later became the International Review? I mean, weren't they? Yeah, the black artists on art was first. Okay. Because mm-hmm. if I recall, the first edition was actually done in the '60s. Okay. The black artists, the um, black art quarterly, came along in the '70s. Okay. Because early '70s, because I remember we were, well, you know, I remember bagging magazines up and taking them to the post office and I was in high school when that started I was okay. in high school and from 70 to 73 and then when I was in college they were doing that and they mm-hmm. did that for a while and then eventually uh, they passed it on to Hampton right what about but, the, what, um, what about the museum I mean what was uh which museum was it that Dr. Lewis uh, the museum it's the museum of African American art. Mm-hmm. It was um, in the Crenshaw Baldwin Hills Mall, and um, they had some kind of grant where they were able to open up a space on the third floor of what was the May Company. I guess it's like Robinson's May Shopping Store, um, and it's still there to this day so that's okay. something that she actually introduced her and her friend uh, Mary Jane Hewitt mm-hmm. who recent, recently just passed away um, they were the leaders of that um, so yeah had a lot of good memories there to a lot of great shows you know they had Palmer Hayden uh, just just great great stuff you know yeah so I remember the uh, you know one the last the last you know solo show, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you know we had the pleasure of you know going to spend some time and hanging out and supporting was at uh, Stella Jones Gallery, uh, last yeah, I think it was, was it like last year yeah, yeah the uh, what so what was that what was that like for 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 Dr. Lewis getting ready for the show and 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 finally having the show come up in her home state. I think she enjoyed it, you know. 
getting ready. I mean, she was working until the almost time to get on the plane, you know. So she definitely enjoyed it. She enjoys doing her work, mm-hmm. um, and it, it was special to her to have it in in Louisiana, in New Orleans, where she's from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she just turned ninety five this year, so uh, the traveling was a little hard. Yeah, we enjoy we enjoy being there and, and seeing the work. I mean, you know, phenomenal, phenomenal, yeah, yeah the phenomenal work. I mean, great show. Yeah. yeah, it was great to see how people reacted and responded. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, and it's amazing to me that um, she still has a touch. You know, I mean, a lot of times you think people get old and they lose it. She hasn't really lost it. You know, um, yeah. So that was. Wonderful. That was a great year for us because she also had a solo exhibition in Detroit at the Charles Wright Museum of African American History. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, that was the first time in years that me and her actually traveled together, and uh, it was it was it was a great time for her and for me. Very nice. And, and just to see how, like when we were in Detroit, man, people. People were dealing with her like she was a rock star. And she know? is. She is a rock star. <laughs> huh? I said she is. Yeah, well, one woman said, "Man, meeting you is like like meeting Prince." <laughs> so, yeah, just for me as it's fun to see all this and and see her get her due. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I've always known that people thought highly of her works and this and that, but to actually see it because a lot of when I was younger you know I didn't travel with her and stuff she would go do her things but to actually travel with her and see people's reactions you know yeah. I remember in Detroit there was a line for her signature and one woman couldn't wait so she wanted me to sign her thing I'm like what <laughs> you know me what did I do I'm just her son you know <laughs> but that was enough yeah no man, I mean the mark. I mean you talk about making a mark as a as an artist. You know people, you know, are quick to think about that canvas. But when you think about the mark that Dr. Samela Lewis has made on the field from being an artist and you know starting the museum, the you know the the various scholarships and papers and things of that nature. I mean it's been incredible, an incredible career, uh, an incredible legacy, man. You know, and they um, had um she had three galleries that she started. Yeah, you I know, was surprised yeah. when she told me she had one. She she helped to start. Um, uh, I don't know. If she said she had a gallery in Miami. I helped to start out Basel when it first started. I was surprised to hear that when I talked to her one time. Which which gallery was when that? When she talked about uh, a gallery that she had in Miami, or 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 um, or being in Miami and helping helping Art Basel start in the early days. You know, she talked to me. That probably was true. I, I'm not really aware of that, but I know mm-hmm. they, they did. Uh, my mom and dad did live in Miami for a few years. They left L.A. for a minute, mm-hmm. lived in Miami for about three years. And they was they was putting out the court. The, it was, by then, I think it was the International Review. They mm-hmm. were putting that out from Miami. And they were doing a lot of other things, you know. Yeah. At that time, I was caught up in my life, you know. So um, yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure about that, but it sounds like something that very well, you know, happened. Right. Tell um, 
you know, I mean, there's a, there's a, I mean, there's a countless write-ups, papers, uh, interviews, you know, videos, things of that nature, you know, uh, talking about Dr. Lewis, you know, are there some things, I mean, surely there's something that, that, that the public generally that know that, you know, it's like when you think about, you know, your mom, um, are there any things that you think about when you think of her that, that, that we should know that you they think everybody should know about your mother? Well, um, number one, I, I think, I almost think because she's written books, so many books that, um, and you might not feel this way, but I feel like her talent as an artist is somewhat underrated. I mean, that may sound crazy because she's known as an artist, but yeah, I, I feel, I mean, she can work with any medium. Mm -hmm. You know, I've seen her do sculpture. She doesn't do sculpture really, but I've seen her do sculpture. I mean, high quality sculpture, you know. Um, I just think her skill, because she, she did so much and she, she um, really, it was kind of a sacrifice. You know, she kind of sacrificed her career as an artist to help educate people about African-American art and to help move it forward for African-American artists. So I feel in a way that that kind of overshadowed her, her legacy as an artist. Although, you know, people that know, like you, people that know, know. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, she never really stopped doing her art. She was doing her art. There was, all, there was always something, a painting or something going on. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like um, a lot of people, you know, don't view her quite in the same light as some of the other greats. And I feel she's right there with them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for me, even more so because she did make that sacrifice yeah. to... Um, to educate and uh, like I said the, the museum's still gone the, the international review is still gone so these are things that are still inspiring people and educating people to this day yeah I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more man I think I think that's part part of the burden that that, that happens with a number of artists um, that that go on to become scholars and institution builders is is a sacrifice of their craft. I think about Dr. Margaret Burroughs in Chicago, and uh, uh-huh. even even Driscoll to a large extent. I know a lot of people reference his scholarship over his art, and it's definitely the same thing with Dr. Lewis. I mean, that you know, now I'm not trying to put myself in in their shoes, but you know, I get that from time to time too. Where people know, you know, know the work that we do is by and 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 sometimes don't necessarily recognize the the, the craft as of an artist. Um, and I've heard it from countless others that, you know, put other things that related to the field, you know, along with their practice or, or ahead of their practice. So, right. you know, I'm not surprised, man. I, well, you know, one thing I gave a talk, I gave a talk at Southern Oaks University a couple months back. And one of the things I had made mention was like, you know, listen, you know, the, the MacArthur Fellowship is, uh, I mean, the MacArthur Genius Award is great, but, you know, hey, until they recognize you know, Dr. Samella Lewis and, and, and Margaret Burroughs, I mean, these were people who were more than just artists. I mean, they were institution builders. They, you know, I mean, they extended the craft, they educated, they came up with scholarship, they started institutions, museums, publications, galleries, you name it, man. And so for someone to have that level of impact on the field, 
you know, I mean, you know, please respect, you know. And 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 to to stand for what they believe, you know, with with no apology. Um, oh, I remember cause my mom was a professor at Scripps College, yeah. and um, she had one class where some of the students got mad at her because she actually told them Elvis Presley was not the king of rock and roll. Mm. You know, and that's a things like that. They seem comical almost, but don't say. You know, when you say something like <laughs> that, you 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 inviting a lot of you know, backlash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. she's, she's always um, stood up for what she believed in. And that's the one thing, you know, she can be she can be the sweetest woman in the world, but when it's time to get tough, she can get tough. It is. So, you know, so it was, it was, um, it was interesting for me growing up because, like, both my parents were educators, mm-hmm. you know, so... It was hard for me because I couldn't slack off in school, and which I tended to do from time to time, you know. <laughs> but it was a high standard. Yeah, I, but, I, I'd uh, imagine. Between, yeah, but it was cool between both of them. It was cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I'm very proud of my um, of my mom. Proud of my dad, and just mm-hmm. the whole legacy that they built. And um, being able to participate in that, you know, I, uh, in one of the, a couple of the editions of the uh, quarterly, um, I got to travel with mm-hmm. them as a photographer. We went to Trinidad and just to see how, I mean, that's the other thing. The one thing about the International uh, Review or the Black Art Quarterly, um, it, it, like where her earlier books had introduced people to African-American art. I mean, this this publication introduced us to black art from around the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, countries would open themselves up just to have her come and, you know, treat us really great, just to have her come and, and write about the art from their culture. And um, it was great. It was great. So, to me... Um, you know, she's, uh, to me, she's done what she was supposed to do, what she was put here to do. And she utilized all of her time. And she was like, I think she was the first, uh, not only black woman PhD, but first woman PhD in art history at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to research that, but, um, so she used all her tools and all her training. You know, she she didn't waste. She wasn't just someone that you know, you know like taught herself how to how to paint or whatever, and just did that. She used all of her training. You know. Yeah. And even when she taught, she she passed on important things to the students, and um, you know, she did it. So. Yeah. Well, you know, as you mentioned, you know, just turn uh, 95. When when was Dr. Smella Lewis's birthday? Uh, February 27th. February 27th. Nation- uh-huh. na- we're going we're to proclaim February 27th the National Dr. Smella Lewis Day. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> hey, so, you know, just turn 95 and, you know, still creating, still working, still got work available for sale, this and that. Talk to, talk to us a little bit about seeing your mother age as an artist and and what's her life like these days 
these days, um, well, you know, my dad passed, like, in, I think it was 2013. And after my dad passed, she did not do art for the longest, like, a few years. And it was like, I was thinking, okay, I don't know if she can do it anymore. Mm. But then um, she started doing it, you know, like I said, Stella show and the show in Detroit, it inspired her to get back to work. And um, she she goes through spurts where she'll, like, lately she's in one of these spurts. She's working on these drawings that she's done. And um, she'll go on spurts for, like, maybe a month or so. And then she'll just rest. She just won't, she just kind of sit and chill, watch a little TV, get her thoughts on what she wants to do next. And then she gets back into it. Um, I've noticed sometimes, um, like when she signs pieces, she doesn't sign them maybe how she used to, but she's almost got like a, I guess it's kind of a new signature. Mm. And, you know, I've, that's okay, you know. Um, I, I know that has, has I've I've heard of that happening with other artists. At first, I was all, you know, like, you got to sign it this way, you got to sign it the same way, so people know it's you. And mm-hmm. but um, and I used to get concerned if I didn't see her doing any work. But I've I've learned now that she's just taking a break, and she's um, so it's good, man. I mean. She's doing more drawings now. She has a painting started in the in her studio mm-hmm. that she she hasn't really worked on in a while, but she says she's gonna get to it soon. So, yeah, basically she's just doing her work and relaxing, trying to stay healthy. She's doing very well, you know. She did have some health issues, um, even when we did the New Orleans show, but um, she's doing really well right now. And, um, yeah, so that's pretty much where she's at. Very nice. Trying to think if there's anything else. Um, So she's in the studio, so she gets in the studio on a very, she's creating all the time, but gets in the studio on a very regular basis. Pretty regular, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of times she just does some art. She just does stuff in her room. Okay, okay. You know, she does stuff in her room, and then when she wants to paint, because she'll draw in her room and when she wants to paint uh, she'll go out in the studio so lately she's been um, doing a lot of drawing a lot Mm -hmm. of pencil drawing Mm -hmm. and really really beautiful stuff you know Um, I I was actually shocked I mean I don't know why but I mean I didn't know what to expect you know when she got older and when she stopped for so long I didn't Mm -hmm. know what to expect yeah Um, but you know yeah, I think you. I think you shared with me um, some time back that you know. I mean, even having a number of museums reaching out to you know they're working to fill in the gaps with 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 their collections. Um, I understand that you know there's been some some recent acquisitions. Anything you could talk about, or or not necessarily. Um, a few years back, uh, the museum of um, what is it? Uh, what is the Met? Not the Met. The other one, the museum of. Um, What's the other big museum in New York? And so is it Museum of Modern Art or the... Yeah, 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 Museum of Modern Art. Okay. They um they bought a couple of her pieces that were traveling in this show called Not Big This that mm-hmm. 
it was put on by the Hammer Museum out here, and I guess it went to Connecticut, and they saw some of those pieces, and they purchased some of those pieces. Uh, I think it was the Migrants, and uh, it's two Lionel cuts, the Migrants and 20th Century Wiseman. So, yeah, that was nice that her, she's going to be represented in there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully forever. Yeah. I'm so... Yeah, I'm sure. Well, you know, my last my last question is, you know, and we kind of went over some of this during the during the talk is that, you know, when we when we quantify, even if we could, if we attempt to even just kind of wrap a nice little bow around uh, Dr. Smell and Lewis's legacy, you know, what 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 what, are you, what comes to mind for you, someone who's, you know, as close as anybody in the world could be to her? Uh, as some of the most important things that we definitely want to remember at the four? Well, I mean, definitely the educational part with the books and uh, the black artists on art. You know, I talked to, I talked to people of all races who were like young, like in their 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. And these people know black artists on art. And mm-hmm. it's like, they look at it like, you know, somebody else might look at a, a classic Jimi Hendrix album. Right. I mean, it's just, they're so impressed. And um, so that's something I learned when I, 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 I had, I worked at this record store, like probably about 2005, and everybody was younger than me. And they all knew my mom, and they all like really worshipped her. So I, I would have to say just the, the educational and the um, informational aspect of um, what she has meant to African-American art and how she has, uh, you know, she pushed the bar to where now we find ourselves more included in a lot of things. It's still a fight, you know, it's still a fight. But, um, yeah, so I, I would definitely look at that, but, you know, I'm reluctant to put that over her contributions as an artist just because, to me, her messages to her art were always on point. Mm-hmm. Always dealt with um, not only what has happened, but what needs to happen. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, everything. But clearly, the African, uh, like the black artist on art, to me, that was so revolutionary. And you know, she, she saw a situation where um, people didn't know about African-American artists. You know, people always, the outer communities always undervalued our, mm-hmm. our art. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, brought it, she brought it to the forefront, forefront. And so that's probably, in my mind, the most important part of, a leg- of her legacy. But like I said, she's a phenomenal artist as well. And uh, I think that almost gets lost. But, so yeah. Very nice. Well, Claude, we appreciate and, you. And I wa- I, let me say one more thing. I want to give my, my dad some props too, because a lot of this, even though my mom did the art, mm-hmm. and she she did a lot of the writing, but a lot of, a lot of the things they did together. And... They were together for like, oh man, years and years. You know, it must probably be like sixty years. And um, 
very inspiring for me, you know, and to see them go through this journey together and, and to um, just contribute so much to, to our culture. Yeah. No um, you know, as a family. No so doubt. That's what I remember. I remember doing it as a family. What is... I always worked at the galleries. I always was taking magazines to the post office to be shipped, and you know, so they pretty much they pretty much taught me everything I know about business and just trying to move forward as black people in this country, mm-hmm. as people in this country. So, yeah. Well, so that's basically it. Well, we owe a huge amount of debt to you and your family, Dr. Smella Lewis, and your uh, your father for the contributions and support that you've given the field. Um, and I'm truly honored to have had this moment to spend with you and to have gotten to know Dr. Smella Lewis a little bit. And you know, extremely generous. You know, Black Art in America, fam. Um, this is one. This is one that I de- thoroughly enjoyed. I hope you did as well. On the phone with Claude Lewis, son of Doctor, iconic artist, historian, uh, and contributor to the field, Doctor Samela Lewis. And we thank you, thank you and your family for all that you've done. This night, you doors with another installment of Bio Talks. We appreciate your time. This Najee Dorsey, you listen to another installment of Bio Talks. Be sure to follow Black Art in America at blackartinamerica.com and look for us on your favorite social media platform, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And remember, you can always shop for art online at www.buyblackart.com. <laughs>